Hey everybody, my name is Erica and you are listening to episode 60 of the Let's Be Real podcast. Today we are talking about trying so hard to get things right, but maybe we're actually getting it wrong. Last night I was kind of scrolling through social media and I saw a meme that a friend of mine had posted this quote. I was kind of like, yes, that's so good. I so believe that and I so think that and have really kind of been not struggling with it, but struggling with it, if that makes any sense. Like I'm not having these problems doing these things, I don't think, right? Or we can rationalize and justify it and say, no, I don't really have that issue, but I do in my head. Currently it's in my head and it's very much a mental struggle as I try to wrap my head around this life of like, okay, doing the things, all the things. So the meme says, we need to stop glamorizing overworking, please. The absence of sleep, good diet, exercise, relaxation, and time with friends and family isn't something to be applauded. Too many people wear their burnout as a badge of honor, and it needs to change. Now, while I might take a little bit of issue with like, yeah, but family time, that's important. I want to take that out of the list. Good diet, important. Exercise, important. Yeah, absence of sleep, seriously, that's not a badge, you guys. Get some sleep, go to bed. I, I couldn't do that one. Just overworking and why we consider it such a big thing. I think the message in the heart of this meme is like, yes, we try so hard to do this life right. We're doing all the things. And what when I said before, I'm struggling with this but not struggling with this, but I really am just in my head. It's because I'm in this place where I have so many things that I should be doing, at least in my head. Well, and in reality, probably. <laughs> I, I should be do the, doing them. Yet every day when I look around at that one and that one and that one that need to be done, or but I really want to just go do this with my kids and my family. Oh my goodness, I'd actually just, there are all these books I want to read, but I really should walk the dogs and we have a new puppy, so I really should go sit and spend time training the puppy. And like all of the things are so many that then I get to a spot where I'm just kind of paralyzed by all of them and don't do any of them and find something or aka nothing else to do to help pacify that like oh my gosh what do I do like watch a bunch of tv or run just run errands that weren't necessarily on the list or aren't of high importance because then I'm at least doing something but it's none of the things that are constantly on my mind (laughs) so I don't have to worry about it and I don't have to think about those things and it keeps me busy and then I don't feel Like I'm totally failing at this game because I am doing something, just not the thing that maybe I'm supposed to be doing or needing to do badly. And as I was walking upstairs from my basement yesterday sorting laundry, which I really didn't want to do, but it wasn't on the mental list. So I chose to do that instead so I didn't have to think about the big projects surrounding me. I was walking upstairs with this whole basket of towels that I had not folded in. like forever like it was overflowing and it was a tall like hamper basket it was a lot of towels so I finally got to it because you know trying to avoid the other things I should be doing thinking why is this so hard to keep up on things trying so hard in so many other areas but still feel like 
I'm getting it wrong. Like, still can't even keep up on the laundry or keep up on the house, but I'm working so hard on doing this over here or doing this over here. And actually right now I'm not working hard on anything because I'm just too overwhelmed by all of it. And it was total proof because last night my husband and I went to the Y to go swimming. He's training for a triathlon and I'm trying to (laughs) move my body just a little bit. And swimming typically is a really relaxing activity outside of the not breathing well because it's hard and I'm out of shape. It's usually really relaxing because it's quiet. It's like you and the bubbles. And I, every time I swim, I'm like, oh, I see why swimmers are so into it for so long into their life. They love it because it is super peaceful. It's very quiet. It can be very calm. You don't have to think about anything. But yesterday when I swam laps, could not turn my brain off. It wasn't going and spinning in a positive way. I will tell you that the self-talk game that I have going on right now is strong. It is really strong because once you look at all of the things, right, then you get overwhelmed by them. So then you kind of like, oh, I can't get any of them done. So you go do something else or you just walk away. I don't know come back, and then you still see them all undone. And then the negative self-talk, be honest, the lies of the devil as well, they start pouring in. Like, oh, see, you don't even deserve these things. You can't even do. Do you know what I mean? Come on, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Because I think these are cycles that we can all get into. I am in one right now. And it is definitely a cycle and a season. And really, I need to just start taking some baby steps toward the things and just get them done so that I'm not thinking about them anymore, but then not keep adding anything new to get myself back into the exact same place or where I just was. But as I brought my towels up yesterday, it really just hit me like trying so hard to do things right to do all of the projects that I think are good or that I think will bring some peace or some status maybe or some joy. Like if I was just there, if I weighed this, if I did that, if I was valued by someone in this way, if all of those things, right, those will make everything good. Then I'll feel good. Then I won't be overwhelmed in life by all the stuff, right? Well, that definitely couldn't be further from the truth. And I'm like working so hard and Erica getting it so wrong. And you know, you know that. And you know what that looks like. And I think you know that too. Actually, I know, you know that. I I know we all know that because of all the comments that I've heard from women at studies or in small groups or places that I go, we're like, oh, I'm just doing so much and being so busy as being mom. Or my job does all this, right? Like we have the things, the pressures on us. And so many of them are things we put on ourselves. And it's very important to figure out what those things are. What am I putting on myself that puts me in this position of like the meme? Stop the glorification of being over busy. It's really not a badge of honor. It's not even very healthy because honestly, what it does is it puts us in this place where we believe that we are sovereign. I know that doesn't really sound great. And we're probably like, um, excuse me, I know that I'm not sovereign. And I know because I felt the same way too when I read the whole concept of I know how to make my life good. We're not omniscient. We don't know all things. We don't know what's all coming, but we live our lives thinking that. And I don't even 
think we have to acknowledge it. I think it's subconscious. I think it's cultural that we know how or we have a vision of how this life is going to be good, that it's going to be full. And these are the things that I know that I need to do if I just put my kids in these activities and if they're happy and if they're achieving, then that's going to make me happy and me achieving it will look good on me. Like if I just get this job, if I drive that car, if I fill in the blank, we do, even though we probably won't use the word sovereign, make ourselves these little gods over our life. We're in control of making it the good life. What in the world is the the good life? There's a quote by Paul David Tripp on one of his devotions, and it happened to be the one for yesterday in this yearbook that I have called New Morning Mercies. So it's a devotion every single day. They're all gospel-centered devotions. If you guys don't have this book, buy it. I might even just put the Amazon link up in the show notes because it's, it's great. I can't even say enough good things about it. But the quote for yesterday, June 24th, God is unwilling to be your means to what you call, quote, the good life. Your relationship with him must be your definition of the good life. God isn't a means to the good life. And he goes on to talk about, you know, we tend to use prayer as this wish list, this request help us get here or do these things or help me with all the stuff that I'm doing when a lot of times we need to really just learn to stop adding all that stuff and start limiting. And I know it's really hard to be like, kids, uh, no, you can't do all the things. But at some point along the way in our children's life, they have to learn to make choices and make things priorities. Like, well, which one of these things is more important? You need to pick that one. And I'm not saying that needs to start at four or five, six. But, you know, there's an age where now their homework is getting harder. They need more time to rest and to sleep and to get to bed at a good time and maybe eat a good meal. So, no, maybe they can't do two or three activities all in one night after school. Like, at some point, you have to figure out how to help them prioritize. Or they're going to become an adult, just like we're sitting in the exact same spot, not able to figure out how to say no or how to prioritize that all the things that we're doing and start saying no or having some margin in our lives. Because if we think that the good life is that glorified over busyness, how many of you in the midst of all of that over busy and all the things really feel like you're not burnt out? Like this is amazing. Maybe some. But I think that also depends on your life circumstances. Are you working? Are you not working? How are things financially? How is your relationship with your husband, with your family? Like so many things play into this ability of us as a whole person to live life in a place of burnout or not. But ultimately, the one thing that centers us as believers, that one thing that is indeed the good life is Jesus. It's a person. It's a relationship. And it's Jesus. And a lot of times, He gets the leftover if there is anything left over of our burnt out day. I am definitely in a cycle right now where it's kind of like, ah, you kind of get a leftover. Like, I'll listen to podcasts throughout the day. Definitely have Christian music on in the car. But I'm talking about a life where we sit 
and we worship and we meditate and we focus on Jesus, where we sit down and we read the Bible, not looking for something for ourselves, not looking to apply something to my life to make it better to be the good life. That's not why we're supposed to read the Bible. We read the Bible to know God more, to learn about his character, to see what it is that Jesus has done for us, and to praise him for it. The scriptures are to learn about him, not get something for us. And I think that is unfortunately a habit and condition of this culture of go, 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 do, do, do. Because we're able to do all of the things that we do because there's a lot of means to it. There's a lot of technology. There are apps. (laughs) We can have food delivered. We can order it ahead of time, get it on our way from one event to the next, and just run, 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 and move, move, move. And there are event calendars online, on Facebook, like, look at all the things that are going on. Like, you should go to these things. And then you see a friend is interested in going, and then you're like, oh, should I go? We are so good at filling our lives and worrying ourselves about many things. We talked about this in the Mary and Martha episode. That was only a couple back. I think it's episode 55. But we need to be worried about the good thing, the good life. It is a life lived in Jesus, in his presence, focused on him, praying to him, praying not asking for a million things, praying, worshiping him, thanking him for who he is, for what he has done, learning more and more every day. We're not going to exhaust the things that we can learn about God. And in that, in him, is the good life. I have learned so many things kind of doing this whole hobby farm, farmy life thing because I've had to really pour myself into learning about it because I didn't know anything. And there's lots of Facebook groups and there's podcasts and there's just resources, right, for anything we want to do right now in the world. The resources are endless. They are everywhere and you can find anything you want uh, and you can even find proof of... One event, like, in three different ways. So you can, you can really can find anything you want. And I have learned a lot about animals. We had goats, not anymore. We have a pig. We've got chickens, ducks, geese. Maybe someday a horse. I really want baby sheep. I want these baby, they're called baby doll sheep. They're out of England, and they're small, and they're, like, curly hair, fluffy. Oh, my gosh, their faces are adorable. So, anyway, someday that's on my animal bucket list. And as I had been reading about sheep and learning about sheep, you know, you see sheep in scripture a lot, and you hear people use the expression, oh, dumb sheep. Like, they are just stupid. They're just followers. They don't know anything. Well, it appears to be true. (laughs) I even shared a video the other day of, uh, I don't know if it was a young guy, frees this sheep who is stuck in this crack in the ground, like this tiny little ravine. And he works really hard, and he's pulling him by his legs, and he gets him out. And the sheep runs like terrified or excited I'm not sure but he's running and leaping and zigzagging and he's flies up into the air and falls right back in head first into the ravine like 20 feet away and you just want to go oh my gosh you're so dumb and they really they really are one of the things that I had learned about sheep is that they tend to follow their shepherd they follow behind and what I why I find that super interesting is because we have chickens ducks and geese and They don't follow you unless you have, like, 
food. Otherwise, when you try to put them in at night, you have to herd them from behind. You're like forcing them in a direction to try to get them back into their coop. But like I said, unless you have food, because we are all very well driven by food, right? So if they're very hungry and you have food and you make it well known, then they will follow you to get what you have for them. But if they're not in the market for something from you, you really have to just shoo them from behind. Sheep, on the other hand, they follow a shepherd because they really don't know anything else to do. They're like, wait, we don't have any food here. And the shepherd's like, come on, follow me. I'll take you to food. I will take you to water. So shepherds in the Middle East, and we'll even go back to like Bible days, ancient Hebrew days, they would kind of live on their own with all of their sheep out in the hills and move them around from food place to food place. But if it became time where the shepherd, they might need to go into town, they might need to go get some more food or whatever business that they would have, they would have to put their sheep somewhere. Outside of town, there would be these large, we'll call them pens or corrals made out of stones. They're stone walls in a square with one opening. And the shepherds would all take turns sleeping on the ground in front of that opening while others go into town or visit. Or there's a gatekeeper a lot of times, and the gatekeeper, that's his job, to stay there and guard this gate. But the person is the gate. It's open. There's not like a wood door that opens and closes. The person is the gate and keeps the sheep in. But multiple shepherds would deposit their sheep there. Lots of different sheep now kind of intermixed in this space. So when the shepherd would come back to this corral, this pen, when it's time to go, the shepherd would just call in whatever call that he has trained his sheep to know or to hear. He would simply call to his sheep that are now all intermixed, and his sheep would come and follow him because they know his voice. We see this whole metaphor, this parable, in John 10. You should read it. You could play it through you version or whatever other Bible app you may have, and just listen to this picture. Jesus, being the gatekeeper, being that shepherd, comes to the corral to our gate and just calls out to his sheep, and they follow. And they follow to food, and they follow to water, and they follow to life. The good life is following Jesus. Not doing our own thing all the time, running around in every direction, and then occasionally have to be reminded by being shooed up from the back, like, hey, pay attention, I'm here, and I'm pushing you in this direction. Like me and my chickens and my ducks, like, hey, I'm corralling you guys up, and sometimes it's real crazy because they do not want to go where I need them to go. How do you define the good life? A lot of times we envision this good quite apart from the grace of his presence, his promises, and his provisions. We kind of have this little subtle belief that somehow we can find a way outside of him to have the good life. That he's not actually in our dreams and in our daily plans. It's kind of outside of it, and we'll come and ask for help when we need it. It'll be like, God, how do I get the fruits of the Spirit? How do I do this life with love, joy, and peace? Like, tell me how to do it. But we're asking from a place that's self-centered, right? We're, we're calling the shots. We're designing our day. 
and our life. And maybe he's not really in it, but we want those things over there that he offers. How do you define the good life? Be real. Be honest with yourself and be humble enough to go, okay, well, then what? And come before Jesus and ask, repent. Like, I have made myself sovereign in in my own life. I have thought that I can make my life good. My question is, is how is that going for you? Is it everything you want it to be? And you know what? Sometimes it is hard because other people's lives do appear that way, right? Looking from the outside in, other people's lives look like, oh, well, they have it good. I wonder if they really do. Like, do we actually really even know? We, we don't know everything. And some people might have all the things they have ever wanted in this physical sense of the world. But I'm guessing there's still hurt, pain, loss, not fulfillment in some fashion. Because this world is empty. It doesn't have everything that our souls hunger and long for. Be praying this week. Ask God to reveal to you what is it in your life that you have defined as the good life and that you are working toward and chasing after. Are you stuck in a place like I am right now where there's so many things around that I consider good life things, but there's too many of them that I can't even get to them because I just am like, I don't know where to start. Let's all take a step back and come back to Jesus. Let's hear his voice and let's follow him. Learn about him in the scriptures. Read about him. Praise and worship him in prayer, in song. Reach out and ask someone, hey, how is your good life? Because this is what I think mine is, and I'm really struggling. Can you pray for me? Do you have any encouragement? Do you have any wisdom to share? Any advice? Like, how do I not get so caught up in the things of this world? Because you know what? We had a family member lose their battle with cancer yesterday. Those people surrounding him that are grieving in such a way really aren't too worried about all of the things of this world. And there's story after story after story like that. A young man from our church is in the ICU right now, and the people around him not overly worried about the things of this world because guess what? They don't satisfy. They just don't. And we try so hard to make them satisfy. Will you stop? Will you take a deep breath? Will you pray and evaluate your priorities and let them land on Jesus? Lord, we need your help. This is so hard. Life here on this earth is all we know and can comprehend, and we get very wrapped up in it. We get wrapped up in enjoying it and achieving it, and we get overwhelmed by all that it has to offer. And we make it these idols of our heart these things that we love and we desire and we want so much that we get so busy and invested in them that they crowd out the space sometimes, God, that we have for you. Create in us a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a steadfast spirit within us. Bring us back to your feet, into your word with fresh eyes to look for you, to learn about you, not get something for us so that we can live a life in praise and in worship of you and who you are so that we can worship you in awe and reverence and not in request after request for things and for help, but that we become so in love with who you are that our soul is satisfied because this earth does not. Lord, we need your help. It's hard. You know it. 
help show each one of us what are those things that have such a grip on us that define what we think a good life here on this earth is and help point us back to what true, good, abundant life that you have for us. What is that really? Jesus, it's you. And we thank you for being life, our Savior, full of grace and redemption. And when we screw up, we can come back to you and ask for your forgiveness and help us to start afresh, following after you as your precious sheep. And we pray these things, Jesus, in your name. I'm so glad that you joined today to listen in and be part of this discussion on living the good life. So glad you're here. I have a couple announcements for you. One, our third annual Let the Women Retreat Weekend registration is open. It is September 24th, 25th, 26th in 2021. We've mentioned it a couple other episodes, but I just want you to know that registration is live. I have registration set for 50 people, I believe, that can come. I think we already have about 12 registered, so there's still room and there's time. Go to my website, ericamconnor.com. Click on the Let the Women Retreat page, and it will give you all the instructions. It's a two-part process, so read it carefully. I hope you'll join us. Invite a friend and come together so that we can just have a wonderful time this fall, retreating, relaxing, being renewed and refreshed and encouraged in the Lord and what he has for us and how we can really lean into this good life of following him. Also, if I could ask a favor, if you would be willing to, once you listen to this podcast or any of the other episodes, would you mind leaving a review, a rating and a review? It just helps the podcast get seen And it helps kind of get the word out there. And if you would also be willing to share your favorite episode with a friend, I would appreciate that as well. But you know what? I'd really like to know what your favorite episode is also. So find me on social media or through my email on my website. Let me know. I'd love to hear any of your feedback. And also, if there are any topics that you've kind of been like, oh, you should talk about this. Or, hey, I have a question about this. Or I'd really actually just like to study or hear about this book of the Bible. Let me know. I am looking for new content all the time, always trying to think and pray about like, okay, so what's next? So if you have any ideas, please let me know. If you have a story to share, and guess what? If you're listening, you do. I would love to hear it. God's stories are the best of stories, and it's so important to share those with those around us. I would love to be able to feature and interview you here on this podcast about your faith journey and your your walk with God and your story and all the things. So find me on social media. I'm on Instagram and on Facebook and then find my email on my website. And you're going to go to the website, ericamconnor.com, because you're going to register for the retreat. So look forward to seeing you there and look forward to hearing from all of you, hopefully in one way or another soon. Have a great week, everyone.